our strength and song highest praise to him belong christ the lord the conquering king your name we raise your triumph sing oh praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his hand we stand in victory by his name we overcome storms of hell pursue in darkest night we worship you as you divide the raging seas from death to life you safely lead oh praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his hand By his name, we've overcome. All the saints and angels bow, hosts of heaven crying out, glory, glory to the King, you reign for all eternity. hands we stand in victory by his name we've overcome oh praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his hand we stand in victory by his name we overcome The Lord shall reign forever and ever. 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 The Lord shall reign forever. Lord, our mighty warrior, praise the Lord. 
By his hand we stand in victory. By his name we've overcome. We've overcome. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. By your name we stand in victory, Jesus. In your name, Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that you are Lord. So we proclaim that this morning preemptively. We acknowledge you as King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you so much for that. Take me a little deeper. 
strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, 
Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus. song of my life you always lead me you are the voice inside you are my love no one before you all that I am points to you I was made by you Without full communion. 
are the light. You are the light. Song of my life. You always lead me. You are the voice inside. You are my love. No one before you. All that I am points to you. And I was made by you. And I was made for you. And I am
you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the Spirit of God makes His permanent home in you. So we are His sanctuary. His Holy Spirit lives in us. And it's here together that we are His sanctuary. So just sing that again from that perspective. chose to come live in us. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, dry 
tell him how much you love him. Just in your own words, just tell him how much you love him. receiving our worship this morning. Pray that you inspire us throughout the rest of the week. Just continue praising you, Lord. Because you're so worthy. You're so worthy. glorify your name. We come here as your children tonight, or today, Lord, and we lift up your name. We praise you. We love you. We are gathered here together, Lord, to worship you, to lift you up. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have yet to do in our lives. We give you the glory. We give you the praise for it, Lord. And Father, in, at this time, Lord, as we're gathered together as a family here. And your word says we're two or more gathered together in your name. There are you in the midst of them. And so, Father, we see you. We experience you. We hear you as we are open to you, Lord. You reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, welcome into this place. Welcome into these sanctuaries. These ones that are sanctified, set apart for the glory of God and the work of God. It's a place of safety. It's a place of security. It's a place of love. It's a place of holiness. Thank you so much, Lord, that you're working in our lives and the wonderful things that you have planned for us, yet to see, yet to behold, yet to experience. To you all the glory, Lord, all the praise. We give you that praise, Jesus. And the people of God said, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
So when you say amen, you agree. We agree. Hallelujah. Thank you, music ministry. Our pastor is away today for a bit of a vacation. And uh, he'll be back next Sunday. And the following Sunday after that, we have our uh, baptismal and our uh, homecoming, as it were, and gala, all the events. There'll be food. And, you know, Jesus was into food. You know, if you look through the scriptures, you'll see places where he's going, like, where are we going to eat? Where are we going to dine? And uh, remember his very first miracle in Cana, turn the water into wine. And then when he fed the thousands in the fields with the loaves and the fishes, he was into food because the, the full deity of Godhead dwelt within the man Christ Jesus. He experienced the pains, the sufferings, the things that we experience so that he could go through this life to be what? An example to us. Isn't that what he was? Is that what we are to be as Christians, Christ followers? We're to follow his example. And I don't know about you, but I know that in a lot of areas, um, we fall short. But that's okay, because the Lord is with us, and he's guiding us, and he's directing us, and he's right there beside us to strengthen us, to encourage us. And he uses angels, he uses his Holy Spirit, and he even uses us to minister to one another. And he uses his word. So we have a little bit of a different uh, program today. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to have um, we're going to have everybody meet and greet for a minute. But right after that, we're going to have prayer for the kids returning to school and the parents and teachers and all that stuff. We want to bless them. There's stuff in your bulletin, but we're going to have that as a separate thing. Also, we'll have uh, take at the Lord's table later on, and also. Um, we're going to be open for body ministry. A pastor asked me to, uh, or suggested that we open for body ministry today. And uh, so there's going to be opportunity for that. There's no time limit. If, if it takes the whole service or the body ministry, so be it. You won't hear my boring sermon. So, so praise the Lord. Take a couple of minutes. Greet each other in the Lord. We, we're few here. There's many families away on this last uh, weekend. Uh, so to speak, before summer rolls up, and that's not uncommon for most churches, but that's okay. And, you know, just while we're, while I'm saying that, I want to pray. I want to pray for those families that are traveling, that are on the roads and the highways and the byways. I know there's families uh, on vacation. I know there's families on uh, family reunion, uh, families out camping. So, Lord, Father, we, we take this moment in time as brothers and sisters, as part of your bigger family, Lord, as your collective family, to uh, speak blessings upon those who could not be here today and to keep them safe and well in their travels, Lord, that you would go before them, that you would protect them, that you would give them wisdom and discernment and favor in all that they undertake to do as they travel to and from uh, the different places, Lord, that you're always with them, Lord. You never forsake them. You're there to strengthen them, to keep them safe, to encourage them, to bless them, Lord. Let this be a time of refreshing for our pastor as he is away as well, Lord. Father, that you can just bring peace and uh, your spirit into him into a greater depth than a measure, Lord, and that your anointing would pour into him, Lord. This time of refreshing is a time of rebuilding. And so we thank you, Lord, for, for your wonderful kindness and your love for each one of us and your hand of concern and care for each one of us. You're with us 
in all things. Nothing is too small for you because you're a great God, you're a great Father, and you love your children. We thank you for that, Lord. Amen. Take a couple of minutes. Have you got the light switch up there, Johnny, for that main light up there? The one, yeah, is it on? Could you turn it on? Let there be light. So they called in the duty electrician, and then there was light.
Hey, this is just like school. The teacher stands up, doesn't say anything, and eventually everybody just quiets down. I think we've all been well trained. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I'd like to continue our worship with taking the offering. So, if we could get the ushers to uh, grab the wheelbarrows, that would be great. And uh, Cheryl, could you put? I knew I married that woman for a reason. She's so always a step ahead of me, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. VJ, would you mind uh, leading us in the. As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and presumptions, provisions and resources, to go to the nations, souls and more souls, from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me, so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you provide. You know... Um, we need to thank the Lord for his provision in so many different ways. You know, when, uh, when we sit down for a meal, we sit and we pray and we thank the Lord for the provision that he's brought. We bless the food to our, our, our body's use. We bless the hands that prepared the food. And uh, it's just a time of uh, thanking God for all that he's given us. And, you know, if you look around, there's a lot to be thankful for. Thankful for your family, the country we live in, the blessings he pours out, and uh, even more so with spiritual eyes as opposed to just physical eyes. Because we see things on this plane, but there are things that are happening in the spirit plane that if we look closely and pay attention, God will show us uh, what he's doing. And that's what we want to know, right? We want to know his heart. Well, we have to, to know his heart. It's like when you get married or you're engaged, you're going to marry somebody. What do you do? You want to know their heart. So you do what? You date. And you get to know the idiosyncrasies, likes and dislikes, their personality. But more importantly, you get to know their heart. You get the sense of, of their heart. Because remember, when you marry this person, you're going to be with them for more than a weekend, right? It's going to be a long time. And so you want to, to know their heart so that you can uh, be equally yoked, as it were. What I mean by that, you know that story about two oxen pulling the carriage. If, one is, uh, if they're not working together, it doubles the burden on, on the other one. So you pull together. And you can pull more. It's easier. And so you're equally yoked. And the same thing with, with marriage. And the same thing with uh, getting to know Jesus is by praying to him, spending time in his word, uh, listening to him speak through other people, enjoying what God is doing in music 
and his word in every aspect and get to know his heart. And when you get to know his heart, you get to experience deeper things of the Lord. Has anybody experienced that? Hallelujah. A few number of hands going up for sure. And that's what we want to do, right? We want to know Jesus in a deeper way. So thank you. Um, we want to pray for the school kids now. And uh, Penny had put some things in the bulletin there. I think if you have a, uh, open your bulletins real quickly. There's a back to prayer school. And there's a pile of things that you can pray for right there. And um, I think there's some notice in the bulletin about it. But what we'd like to do here is we'd like to have those, there's a lot of kids missing here today. We'd like to have the school children come up, their parents come up, and in some cases, teachers come up over here, and that includes college kids, Marianne and Christine. Come on up. All of you who are in the education system uh, this coming year, we want you to come up because we want to pray for you. We want to bless you. Um, and there's a number of families that are not here with uh, lots of kids. <laughs> but we, we, we can pray for them as well as at the same time. Absolutely, parents too, yeah. Come on down, Johnny. We, come on down, but go down the stairs. Don't hop over the balcony there. I was telling, uh, Johnny doesn't know this, but I was telling his parents, uh, or Ryan and Lisa, I said, you know, I think about Johnny every single day. Do you know that, Johnny? I think about you every single day. You know why? Because where I sit at the kitchen table, the fridge is to my right, and there's that nice picture that you drew for me, that painting, and I posted that up there many years ago, and so I see it many times each day, and so I think about you. And that correlates to what we should be doing as a bigger family, thinking about our family, our extended family, the children, the parents, uh, and the kids, whether they're going to school, preschool, college, whatever. We need to think about them, keep them in our memories, and lift them up in prayer. So if you'd like to, somebody would like to come up and lay hands on these people who are prayed together, feel free to come on up. Come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, you can extend your hands to them and bless them, bless them and stuff. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Nobody else want to pray? You want to lead out in prayer? Father, I thank you for each one who's um, returning back to school. I bless um, this year. I just bless schools I just bless your hand on the schools on this on the uh, teachers the administration and all the children God um, I just release your blessing and protection as they grow and learn and as they learn who they are and um, as you just prepare them for the things that you have them through what through the school through those means and through relationships I bless them with good friendships and I bless them to know that your presence is with them throughout the day and um, for all their needs and that they um, have you to share with others also. Heavenly Father, I 
come before you and I ask you, there are so many of our children growing up without hearing the word God. I ask you that you may guide, let the Holy Spirit guide these children as they go to school, that they can defend themselves and they know the right from wrong. Please, Lord, I ask your love, your guide, your light for these children, these parents, to teach them right. The teaching starts from home, that they will know when they go into the world, to the schools, that they know that they can identify the right thing, the wrong thing, that they can be a light. Please protect them, help them grow spiritually, that they can be missionaries for you in the future, that they can be our good, great, amazing church in the future. Lord, please help these parents. Give them strength. Give them wisdom to teach, to talk to their children the right way, your way. Lord, I ask, give them strength and be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. We declare um, power over you guys as you go to school to change the atmosphere where you are. Um, release a knowledge that you, the, the kingdom that you carry in you, in Jesus' name. Lord, we, uh, we ask that uh, uh, yeah, you'd give them revelation of who they are in you, Jesus, and what they carry wherever they go. Anybody else want to say something? Pray? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we do thank you for all of these ones, Lord. They are a blessing and a gift from you, Lord. Father, thank you for the children that you've blessed us with. Thank you for the parents and the teachers and those in the education system, Lord, that uh, minister to these children, albeit in some instances in a secular way, Lord, but you can take those things, Lord, and you can transform these children into knowledge, knowledgeable and spiritual young adults as they grow up through life, Lord. Father, they will impact the world. They will impact the world in your name, Lord. Even as Ryan said, Lord, we release that power in them and through them, Lord, by your spirit, not by the understanding of man, but by your spirit, O oh God, that you can give them knowledge and understanding and to a depth, Lord, that you can't get outside of knowing you, Jesus. So, Lord, we bless them. We speak uh, your hand of protection on them in all that they do, to and from school and, and in school. Lord, we know that place can be a, can be a real testing field. But, Lord, uh, we endure through you, and your spirit within them, Lord, can uh, guide them and lead them and to make wise decisions and godly decisions and to walk in the path that you would show them, Lord, that they would be safe, that you would take care of them. But, Lord, as that's transgressing, as that's progressing along, Lord, that they would be a testimony. They would be the light unto the world, Lord, that they would see in these children, both teachers and other children, their peers, Lord, something special about these ones, something unique, something I like, something I hunger for, something I desire. I see a peace. I see a satisfaction. 
I see a wholeness, and I want that. What is that? His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in them and what you're going to do, that they're going to change this world and shake it up, Lord, for the kingdom of God, that you be lifted up and glorified, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 You know, it's quite a pleasure to see some of the younger children um, that have grown up, as we've, uh, for some of us, have been here a little bit. And you see the hand of God in their lives. We don't often always see how God is moving through them out in the public and in the school system, but he is, you know. And I say that because my wife was a Christian for a while before me. And what I just prayed, you know, the Spirit just brought it to my mind here. What I just prayed was, I saw that in my wife. I saw all those things, and I wanted it. And I asked, what is that? I, Let me hear you speak in tongues. You know, and she said, no, that's between me and God. <laughs> and what's a prayer closet, you know, um, on and on. But what drew me was I saw the change in her, and I had a hunger, and I wanted to know. And if you have a hunger, and if you're open, God will lead you and direct you. He'll open the doors that need to be opened for you to walk through. Amen? We need to pray for our children as a church, you know. The Scripture commands us to do that, really. It talks about that. And so we should be diligent in doing that and uh, seeing what God wants to do. Um, are there any other prayer requests that maybe people have here? That uh, Ryan? Come on up and share. I've got something to share, too. So if you have something, come up. Uh, my mom took a fall uh, yesterday morning, just went on some concrete, or the edge and she broke her arm really bad um so she was actually and then she hit her head had to get stitches and, um so they just did surgery just this morning and put in a, some pins and a plate and so she's uh, recovering but i definitely appreciate prayer for her uh, how old is mom like 75 i guess or something so she's lorraine my mom's name is lorraine and i know she's going to be like oh i didn't tuck and roll i'm supposed to tuck and roll when i fall so She'll be uh, upset with herself for falling on that on that arm and breaking it like that. But if we could lift her up for a, a speedy recovery, so. Amen. There was Frank. Were you coming up? Others, come on up. We're gonna just take those up, and then we can. Thank you, Jesus. Hi. So just um, uh, wanted to bring up my uh, one of my sisters in prayer. She. Uh, my sister uh, Kate, she has been, uh, uh, well, she actually uh, opened the, my eyes to uh, my need for the Lord many years ago, and uh, just, uh, what, two years ago, I guess, she uh, had an opportunity to uh, go to uh, Africa as, uh, and she's a teacher, so she went there to uh, teach in a mission sense and picked up something over there, so she's had uh, ill health for the last two years, and Lately, she said, uh, seems like uh, her uh, digestion is getting bad. She's losing weight. Well, she's five foot uh, six or eight, and used to be 140 pounds. Now she's down to about 95. So, looks uh, pretty bad shape, and she doesn't know what it is. So, I just wanted to pray for uh, healing for her from whatever this uh, attack is. It might be uh, something uh, like Crohn's or whatever, but. Uh, 
that the doctors can find out what it is and uh, treat it. So I'm just praying for a miracle there. He just needs God's healing so many times, so many times. Is there anybody else? Well, um, we just got notice that our son has to go in for open heart surgery on Wednesday. Uh, we have to take him up to the university hospital Tuesday. And so our, uh, Cheryl and I and our family would appreciate your prayers for our son, Brian. He's my firstborn um, when he undergoes surgery on Wednesday. Um, we don't know the time. I guess we'll find that out Tuesday when he goes in for his pre-op. So if you can think about that Wednesday, we'd appreciate your prayers for that as well. Frank, do you, would you like to pray for Lorraine? And what was your mom's name? Was sister. Oh, sister. Uh, dear God, Lord, we see your miracles uh, so many times, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I've been healed. Others I know have been healed. And uh, we know that uh, you work in uh, strange ways, but you have the power to heal. You bless us. You lift us up. So right now, Lord, just pray for uh, uh, Lorraine at this uh, time, Lord, that uh, um, when we have uh, our bodies broken, you're healing there, Lord. We thank you for the skill of the doctors. We pray, Lord, that uh, the uh, body will just make a complete recovery, and you just touch her and uh, just take away any pain, discomfort, and set her free, strengthen her in every possible way. Thank you, God. And uh, dear God, for my uh, sister Kate, Lord, the uh, doctors seem uh, puzzled and different tests, but uh, Lord, just open their eyes to what needs to be done. Your power is uh, uh, what is needed there, your healing power. And uh, Lord, she uh, is a Christian and uh, led me uh, to uh, recognize my need for you. And uh, all of uh, that uh, faith she has, just uh, pray, Lord, that you just pour, pour out your power upon her. And uh, Lord, touch uh, whatever it is, Lord, in her um, uh, abdomen, whatever it is, Lord, just... Uh, Set her free. Break this curse. Be healed in the name yes. of Jesus. And, Lord, for uh, Ed's uh, uh, son, Brian, Lord, we just pray pray for him. We just put my hand on uh, Ed yes. in his stead, and we say, Lord, your power is needed now. Guide the doctors, and this is a, a difficult situation, but, uh, Lord, you are sufficient. Thank you, God. Open their eyes, and, uh, Lord, the, the miracle of... Uh, your healing through the doctors. Thank you, God. dear God, for giving doctors the skill and the wisdom. We just uh, claim complete yes. healing in all these three cases in your precious yes. name, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Father. You are a rock. You are stead. You are a healer. Praise you, Lord. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. And you know, our Heavenly Father is a really good Father. He has a heart of love that um, we could only... Uh, hope to experience. Hallelujah. We're going to open for some body ministry. The pastor had asked me to, um, just before I go there, um, something about the fall that Ryan said just reminded me about. Is Al here? No. Okay, Alan. I thought I saw him. That's okay. Um, there's these three priests, and uh, they're arguing the best posture in prayer. And the one pre and they're standing underneath a power pole, and there's a fellow working on the power pole up top. And the one priest says, um, "You know, the best way to pray is with your arms stretched out, your face lifted up, and crying out to heaven." And the other 
where he says, well, actually, he says, the best posture for prayer is when you fall on your knees and cry out to God. Third priest says, well, actually, he says, the best posture is when you are flat on your face in a supine position and you're calling out to God, your face buried in the ground. So the fellow who's working up on the power pole just couldn't help himself after hearing all this. So he pipes in. He says, actually, uh, fathers, the best posture is when you're hanging upside down from the power pole. He said his prayer was effective because God saved him. Body ministry. We're going to have some body ministry. The pastor wanted some, some of this. He said it's a good thing that people share, and it is. That we hear about what God's doing in your life, uh, the good things, and how God's giving direction. If you think about it, if you think, I have nothing to share, something's not right. <laughs> God has done so much and is doing so much in our lives if we just look. We need to look at it and recognize those things. And so we're going to ask you to come up and just share for a little bit. Um, I've got a mini sermon. I don't have to get it in there. We've got communion yet and stuff, so there's, there's no problem there. So whatever you feel. And Ryan's going to start us off. So This is just a, it's a, a funny, funny story. So uh, we did that song, Sanctuary. So I was looking up scripture for Sanctuary last night and where does that come from? And so as I'm going to sleep, I'm thinking about, you know, Holy Spirit's in us, and so we're the sanctuary, so here's God with us, like in us, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. And then we got angels with us. We've been listening to this guy. His name's Blake Healy. He sees in the Spirit. And he says he's never met anybody that doesn't have a personal angel. So he always sees angels all the time. So I was like, oh, so I'm going to bed. There's at least two angels in the room here. So out loud, I said, do you guys talk to each other, like to the angels? And just whatever, just one of those kind of questions. So go to sleep. And uh, in the night, I mean, we've, anybody that's got a cat, they sometimes, you know, get a hairball or something, and it wakes you up, like, instantly. It wakes me up. It doesn't seem to wake her up. But anyway, so cat's doing his thing. I jump out of bed to make sure he's on linoleum and not on the carpet or something. So I'm walking back into the room, and my clock is at 4.44. So that's a weird number, 4.44, that dead on. So I just quickly Google it, and the first thing that comes up is 4.44. means that angels are talking to you. <laughs> it's like, okay, so that, you're funny, guys, funny, guys. So my next question was, how'd you make the cat puke like that? That was, anyway, but it was, I, I, it was, it was really cool. I mean, I, that, it's too coincidental to, uh, to say that it's, it's, it's not. God working there. So I just took that. Angels are funny, too. Anyway. Amen. Come on up. Share what God's doing. You know, there's another way God speaks to us. is through dreams, through situations and scenarios. Remember I said he talks to us in many ways. So Ryan looks up 444. He's wiser now. He understands a little more. God's speaking to him. Everything is for a purpose. Uh, in cameras, I live with a family, and they babysit a little boy. And this is my third year living with them, so I've known him for two years now. And he really likes me, and he comes and just hangs out with me in my room all the time. His name's Dominic. And so I'll be reading my Bible, and he's just also in my room, like, all the time. So we'll read the Bible together. I've prayed with him a bit, and he asks me all these sorts of questions about God, like, all the time. They're pretty funny. 
And so last year, we had talked about if he wanted to ask Jesus into his heart, and he said, no, not now. And so I go back to Camrose's on Wednesday night. He's there Thursday, walks into my room when I'm, like, still in my pajamas, and we're, just, like, he just is always hanging out with me if I'm there. And then later on in the afternoon, he's talking about God. Um, I think he hurt his wrist, so I said, can I pray for it? And he says, no, I'll pray for it, and then starts praying, and then turns to me, and he's like, Marianne, I got a word for you. And I'm like, wow, like, you're four. <laughs> But we pra I practiced that with him last year, so it was cool because he just is talking about God. And then we talk about, he's talking about going to heaven because he's mad at his brother and praying for Jesus to take him to heaven. But So we're talking about that a little bit. But he's talking about heaven, and I say, do you know you're going to heaven? And he says, well, I don't know. And I'm like, did you ask Jesus into your heart? Because I knew he had, was at VBS. And he said, no, he hadn't, but he wanted to. And he's already told me he didn't want to before. So, like, this is actually his decision. So we prayed together. And it was just so cool because I've been like reading my the Bible and praying with him for two years and then I got to pray with him for him to become a Christian and so he's still asking me all these different questions about God and stuff and yeah that's just really cool for me because I went to school and it was like a rough class and I was kind of overwhelmed and feeling pretty unsettled and then I come home and he becomes a Christian I'm like this is so so cool for me because I really love this kid <laughs> so yeah Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful thing um, when you proselytize somebody or share with them or mentor them and then to see that fruit come back? That's just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. And I'm sure we've probably all experienced that in different ways. I remember one time um, sharing and whatnot with some fellas and I think I shared this before, but this fellow, I didn't see him for another year. And a year later, I run into him out of town. And he shares that he's accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he's a Christian. And he said to me, you see, it wasn't just me. I was just one peg in the journey down the road. God had many different servants, right? And he said that turned another corner for him in his life when he heard that. He didn't make a decision after he heard me talk. He just went along, but God was just ministering to him. Jesus is such a gentleman. He knows the timing and he knows when. And uh, when the time was right, he made that decision. And so that's just a wonderful, wonderful testimony about seeing somebody come to accept Jesus Christ because of your example. Isn't that what the scripture says? That's what our pastor was actually preaching last Sunday or two Sundays ago, whatever it was, talking about the community sees us. They should see the light of Christ in us. They should see that being reflected in and through us, and it draws them. Is there anybody else? Come on up, Lorraine. This is a different Lorraine. Um, so just an update from the, the fair. Um, so I had entered my name in a draw for windows and doors at the fair. I really didn't want to, but I kind of got pressure from the sales guys. Anyway, they phoned a couple days later and offered like $500 off a window or door. And I, I'm not interested in that kind of thing, but Al was standing there and he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So anyway, we had the guy come over and... Um, it was $500 off eight windows or eight doors, so it was like one of those. That's why I don't like those things. Anyway, um, but God had a different plan. So we ended up 
talking to this guy for about two or three hours about God. He wouldn't leave. <laughs> he just, he was a Muslim from um, Abers, I don't know, someplace by Turkey. And he just, like, it was just amazing. It was like, we just talked about God, about the Quran, about the Torah, about the Bible. There was no agenda. Al, um, my husband, is been really into apologetics. So he was able to talk to this guy in a way that I really couldn't. So it really opened my eyes because the apologetics thing wasn't really my deal. Like, I wasn't really that interested in that. But um, just got to see him just carry this conversation for that long. At one point, I was like, you know, do you want another coffee? And he just wanted to talk to us. So like Ed was saying, I feel like we were um, just that where God was just drawing him. So anyway, I was wondering if you guys wanted to pray for this guy with me right now. Great God. So Father, I just lift up Eric to you. I just thank you for um, just the joy that you gave me that day because I was had such a terrible attitude. <laughs> um, Holy Spirit, I just release you over his life right now. I just declare an awakening to his spirit. Father, I thank you for I thank you for his life, his heart, his family. God, I declare in the spirit his salvation. I just release his angels to war on his behalf even greater in fullness. Father, everything that's dormant, Father, we just, um, we ask you to speak again over him. We ask you to call his name today. Father, we just plead your blood over his life. God, we just ask you to guide every step, just like you did to our, our um, kitchen table. Father, I thank you for his hunger. I thank you for his desire to know you. We just l release truth into the spirit. Father, just even uh, more of a hunger for your word, that there would be something that was said by either Al or myself that would compel him into your word about who you are and why you're different. Father, we speak over his life that, um, that your salvation is free, that it is something to be received. So we just call to life all of the receivers that you've put in him, God. That you would, you would quicken his spirit and just call it out in front of his body and his soul. And Father, I just thank you. I thank you for um, just the multiplication and the momentum um, from when we sit and we share. Um, God, I just pray, Lord, that you'd open our eyes just to see into the spirit. I pray a release of wisdom and revelation of dreams, of numbers, of, of it all. Father, we just love it. I love it. <laughs> I just pray for um, just a hunger in your people and just to see how you're moving in this time and this hour. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's more. Come on up. And just while you're getting ready, 
um, I think I shared with you before a young pastor that we know over. He's in Egypt now. He was in Ukraine. But he made inroads into the Islamic community. And uh, I've shared this before, but the key was he showed the love of Christ and he had a servant attitude. And that impacted them. Because when you think about it, they come out of a, a very legalistic system. And when he heard that his God was a God of love, when they heard that, they wanted to know more. But they didn't initially do that. They watched him for a while, for a season. And they saw the love of Christ manifest through him and his kindness and his openness. And they got curious. And they wanted to know what and more. And so he was able to go in and, and uh, make inroads in that community. And I don't know where things are at now. As he's, he went over to Egypt because he felt the Lord calling him there as well. But it's the love of Christ and the anointing that breaks the yoke. And if you talk to anybody who's Islamic, they'll tell you it's not a religion. It's a lifestyle. They've got that right, you know. That should be what, what we are living, a lifestyle. It's not about coming to church on Sunday and worshiping and hearing a message. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. So they got that part right. We need to get that part right in our lives as well, honoring Christ. I have a, a question for everybody, first of all. Have you ever had at night that you feel like you wake up and chill kind of goes through your body? And then you're wide awake, and it's only 2 or 3 a.m. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, if you're not a Christian, it's a very empty feeling because I've had it before I accepted Jesus as my Savior. But if you're a Christian, does everybody not agree with me that the Lord is speaking to you or angels? There's something you're supposed to listen to. It happens sometimes to me, but the reason why I'm asking this and sharing, I had um, a Christian lady, um, I do massage therapy, and God's instrument to heal people. And uh, she came over and she said, I've been going to this doctor and he is trying, you know, he gives me some pills it's supposed to turn it over my days from my night. At, in the daytime, I'm sleepy, and at night, you know, I get these, this frost go through my body. I wake up, and I'm, like, scared. And, um, and I start thinking about all the things from way back, years back. I said, Tina, I said, I know you have. You've told me, you know, you have a lot of things against your parents still. They are the Mennonites, her parents. They, they don't know Jesus as their Savior. But she does. I said, don't you think that God is trying to teach you or to tell you something? Well, what should I do? I said, sweetheart, when it happens, doesn't matter what time it is, call me. I'll pray together with you. Get on your knees and pray. She kind of lifted her head up, and she said, Huh, I never thought of that. There's so many of our, 
our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that the Lord tries to speak to us. I saw a video a while back, and it was so amazing. It says uh, how God speaks to us. Jesus comes and speaks to us. And you see these people, you know, all of a sudden, like Jesus comes and says, you know, don't you think you should talk to that person? This person just gets up and goes and talks. If we want to listen, we can hear the whispers of the Lord. So I know we need to be more, gather more, to be more in a circle of a, a Christ family to help each other. If you have any, any things like this girl, her name is Tina. You know, just whenever you pray at night, just say an extra prayer for Tina that she can hear the whispers of the Lord because she really needs it. She comes there very often. And I think she, even to see her that she needs so much, like everybody, we need growing, right? But that she doesn't have the slightest idea of so many things. And I know there are so many of our Christians who don't have the idea to listen to the whispers of the Lord. They wake up, they can't sleep, and they don't know what's going on. I said, I have, and I asked her, I said, are you sure you're going to heaven when you die? She says, yes. I says, you have Jesus in your heart. Did you accept Jesus? And she says, yes, I did. Okay. I said, then you will have to come over more often, and I will come over if you want me to, and we're going to pray. I said, because sometimes we just have to learn to pray. I'm not perfect in praying. I'm not what I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Thank you. Amen. I have a, I have a surprise for you. Uh, nobody's perfect in prayer. Prayer is perfect. You're speaking to the Lord. Whatever God is putting on your heart, you speak it forth. You don't have to do anything eloquently it's not about language it's about your heart and communicating with Jesus amen hello everybody and God bless everybody uh, my name is David Spear in 2015 I had pneumonia I went to the hospital here and I was in there for eight days and came out and uh, and I had it again here uh, this spring. So uh, I had a follow-up with this female doctor. She was a Muslim. And uh, my lungs were, they put me on puffers, and my lungs started bleeding. It was getting pretty bad. So uh, <coughs> she wanted to send me to Camrose for a a CAT scan. So I went, and the, the next morning she phoned up and wanted to see me, and they found two sores on the inside of my lung, one at 14 millimeters and one at 19. And they had to come up with the C word, you know. She didn't. I said to her, look, I don't have cancer. I got healed in the Elks Hall at a revival in 84. I said, well, what happened? Well, I said, I had a heat rush. Two of them, the heat rush came in and the chill went out. 
That's the spirit coming in and Satan going out, right? Because I, I believe cancer is a demon. Any uncurable disease is a demon. So uh, she asked me what happened, so I told her uh, that I got healed by the Lord. And she went, I, I says, I don't want to go there because I don't have cancer. And she finally talked me into going down there. So. <clears throat> anyway, Gord came along. You know Gord. What's his name, Ralph? He came over to my place. He prayed for me. I had a little bit of bleeding when that smoke was flying through here. And uh, it's not bleeding anymore. Uh, I, I said that I'll go to the Lord first before I'll go to the hospital. And she, she was quite interested in, because she was a Muslim. Eh? Okay, well, I believe I'm healed and I'm on my way again. Thank you very much. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God works through our physicians and nurses and the medical system as well. He heals sovereignly, miraculously, and other times he'll move that way as well. So we give God the glory for that. Anybody else? That's good. Okay. So, did everybody get blessed by that? Amen. I really enjoy that because you see the practicality of the manifestation of God, of Christ, through people out in the community, out in the public. And that's what it's about, partially, isn't it? And so we give God the glory because we, we sit here and we don't see each other going off through the week, you know, and what God is doing in our lives. And this is a way to, to glorify God and to encourage and to give hope. And so we give God that glory. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Right, I want to uh, just start off here. I've just got a short thing. We're going to have communion. But uh, I couldn't, in all fairness, start off without a joke. The other one was an was a added bonus. This is the real joke. One day, Joe, Bob, and Dave were hiking in a wilderness area when they came upon a large, raging, violent river. They needed to get to the other side, but they had no idea of how to do so. So women, you listen up, because this one is for you. Joe prayed to God, saying, Please, God, give me the strength to cross this river. Poof. God gave him big arms and strong legs, and he was able to swim across the river in about two hours although he almost drowned a couple of times. Seeing this, the other fellow Dave prayed to God, saying, Please, God, give me the strength and the tools to cross the river. Poof! God gave him a rowboat, and he was able to row across the river in about an hour, after almost capsizing the boat a couple of times. So the third fellow, Bob, he had seen how this worked out for the other two, so he also prayed to God, saying, Please, God, Give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross the river. Poof! God turned him into a woman. 
She looked at the map, hiked, up, hiked upstream a couple of hundred yards, and then she walked across the bridge. Is that true, ladies? <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to give you something real quick here in, in just a few minutes, and then we're going, I'm going to read a scripture, and we're going to have communion. But uh, I want to talk about, I read this article about unbiblical statements Christians believe. And maybe some of you can correlate to these, maybe not, I don't know. But one of the greatest gifts that God has given to mankind is the Holy Bible, because the Bible is literally God revealing himself to us and communing himself to us in written word. He does it other ways too, but it's in written word here. And everything we need to know about God comes out of these scriptures, and they contain the totality of what we need to know about becoming a Christian and everything that we need to know about living the Christian life. I had a dream last night, and I won't share all the dream. I'll just share a part. My wife actually had a dream too. It's kind of funny because things were a little annoyed at me. I was bouncing on the bed, rolling over. She said, all I could feel was bounce, bounce, bounce. And... Uh, this was kind of a long dream, but I, I actually woke up about uh, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning after the dream. And uh, the one part about the dream, I was in such a panic because I could not find my Bible. I was in a church. I was running around. Things were happening. There was a lot of fanfare, and there's a bunch of other stuff, but I could not find my Bible. And um, so when you have a dream at least when I have a dream, the next morning or when I wake up, I pray and I ask God to show me what he was telling me in the dream. And one part about, uh, he told me about his word, is I saw that without this, you know, what do we have? This is our guide. This is our strength. This is our anchor. This is something we can grab a hold of and look through and read and pray. It has all the answers in here, folks. It really does. We just need to seek and be diligent to find and he'll knock at the door and he'll expose himself to you in this way and expose his heart and give you the answers you need. So Orthodox Christianity teaches that the Bible was inspired and authorized or authored by the Holy Spirit of God through using human instruments. It also believes that its original language of the Hebrew, Greek, and the Aramaic is without error and fault. And that's important because you can't have any error or fault. Otherwise, it puts everything in question. And that's why in the scripture, it talks about one jot or one tittle shall not pass away till all of this is fulfilled. That means even the smallest stroke or dot, right? So, however, there are many things that Jesus, that the Jesus-following, church-going, Bible-believing Christians believe that are completely unbiblical. And how does this happen? Often we'll hear someone quote statements that sound nice to us. And we'll begin repeating it as though it's biblical truth without ever researching the scriptures. Several of these biblical statements have gained enough traction that many people believe they're actually Bible verses. Not only are the statements unbiblical, most of them teach the opposite of what the Bible teaches. So here's a list of nine popular unbiblical, I might not give them all, just give a few here. Uh, nine popular unbiblical statements that Bible-loving Christians tend to believe. I don't know if any of these relate to you. This first one does to me, because I used to quote it to my wife when I was a new Christian. And it's, God helps those who help themselves. Amen. God helps those who help themselves, right? The statement is actually anti-gospel. 
Self-reliance and self-righteousness or the attitude of trying harder and doing better actually gets in the way of the work of God. Jesus saves those who die to themselves. Then Jesus, quote, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 6, 24. So, God does not help those who help themselves in a good sense, if you know what I'm saying. Here's another one. God wants me to be happy. He wants me to be happy. It's a common belief that God exists to be our personal genie, waiting to give us our every wish. It's amazing how we will justify our sinful actions by saying, quote, God just wants me to be happy, unquote. Happiness is tied to feelings and emotions that are often based on circumstances, and those change all the time, as we know. God wants us to be obedient to him, trust him, and know that everything he does is for our good, even if it doesn't make me feel happy in that moment. Quote, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who call are called according to his purpose. You know this one well, Romans 8, 28. But does God want you to be happy? Of course he wants you to be happy. But apply the principles here. We're all God's children is another one. Although God has created everyone, which is true, not everyone relationally belongs to him. Only those who have repented of sin, placed their faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, can claim him as their father. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness that our spirit, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Romans 8, 15 and 16. Some of these sound familiar? Here's a good one. A lot of the older women, maybe. Maybe some of the younger women. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Have you ever said this to your children? I think I might have said that. The people around you may appreciate you staying clean, but this is not scripture. Parents use this unbiblical statement to motivate their kids to clean their rooms. However, I'd suggest using an actual biblical statement. Quote out of Exodus 20:12, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you. Amen? We all worship the same God. Have you heard that statement? Yes, there is only one true and living God. Quote, Know, for there, know therefore today and lay it to your heart. The Lord is God in heaven, above and on the earth, beneath. There is no other. That's Deuteronomy 4:39. However, he only accepts worship that comes through Jesus Christ. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Joseph Smith, Smith, etc. Quote, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's in Acts 4.12. Amen? Here's one. Bad things happen to good people. Often we place ourselves in the judgment seat of what is good what is bad, or who is good and who is bad. The most popular way to make that judgment is by comparison. For example, a Bob is a good guy because he's not as bad as Sam. However, according to the Bible, we're all on equal ground because none of us is inherently good. And in the Romans 3.10 it says, quote, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. When you die, God gains another angel, Ryan. Did you ever hear that one? Here we go. 
plain and simple. Humans are humans and angels are angels. This remains so even in eternity. In fact, angels are intrigued. So when you were talking to them, they were probably intrigued by the interaction between God and his image-bearing humans. In 1 Peter 1.12, it says, quote, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look. Okay? So you're going to have a place. The angels have a place. You don't replace you when like, I think that comes from a Christmas thing. When you hear a little bell ring or something, there's another angel in heaven or whatever. Just to make sure that uh, we're straight there. Uh, we're all going to the same place when we die. Have you ever heard this one? There are two possible destinations when we pass, heaven and hell. However, only those who are in Christ will be with him for all eternity when they physically die. Quote, in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The fact that many of us Christians believe these unbiblical statements are our unfortunate uh, overall biblical illiteracy. Instead of swallowing popular statements hook, line, and sinker, you should be like the Bereans. And we talked about that in the book of Acts. When, Paul, uh, when they heard Paul preach, they wanted to research the scriptures themselves to authenticate what he was saying. There's probably some other statements that you've heard. Anybody want to offer one that they've heard maybe haven't covered here? Think of any? No. So there's lots of things like that. The key here is to, to look into these things and to... Uh, actually, I'm going to give you one more here. God won't give you any more than you can handle. You ever heard that one? I've used that one lots of times. Actually, all of life is more than we can handle. The point of living in a fallen world is not to re try really hard to carry our heavy burden, but rather give up. Listen to what I'm saying. Quit and surrender to God. I didn't say don't be an overcomer. That's what faith is all about. Everything is more than I can handle, but not more than Jesus can handle. And in Matthew 11:28, it says, quote, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Can you imagine? And, and I'm sorry, that was 2 Corinthians 1.8. And Matthew 11.28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So God does want to move in our life. And this life can be more than we can handle. There's a lot of stuff going on. But if we trust in Jesus and put our trust and faith in him, he is able to carry us through that. We become overcomers that way. We do what God helps those who help themselves? No. We call on to God and we ask the Holy Spirit to intervene on our behalf and to be with there, there with us and to strengthen us and to encourage us to bring the healings, to bring the testimonies, to bring the witness of who he is and what he's doing. If you have your Bibles handy, uh, I'd like to read a passage in uh, Colossians chapter 3. 
That's uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. George eats potatoes cold. That's how I remember how to get there. So in, I'm reading out of the Amplified. And I'm going to start in verse 8. And I believe Colossians was um, Paul and Timothy writing, or Paul writing to Timothy. And I want to start in verse 8. And this applies to us. I want you to listen to this, or if it's up there, to read the words and imbibe this before we take communion. And in verse 8, But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things. And he lists them. Anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, curses and slander, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Verse 9, Do not lie to one another. For you have stripped off the old unregenerate self with its evil practices. Verse 10. And have clothed yourselves with the new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remolded into fuller and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image of the likeness of him who created it. Verse 11. In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There's no room for, and there can neither, uh, and can be neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, and I just hop down here, nor slave or free man, but Christ is all in all, everything and everywhere, to all men, without distinction of personnel or a person. And when, when you see the word men there, it's, it's talking, it's neuter, it's gender, it's male, female. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives. And we hear that earlier? Did somebody sing about sanctuary? We are sanctified. We are set apart. What do you find in a sanctuary? It's set aside for a specific purpose, and it's holy. And that's what God has done in our lives and is doing. So clothe yourselves as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representatives, uh, who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself, by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper, they added as a kicker in there. Because we can endure, as you know, but sometimes maybe not with good temper. Verse 13, be gentle and forbearing with one another, and if one has a difference, a grievance, or a complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, forgiving each other, in words. Even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. And let the peace, which is the soul harmony, which comes from, that's interesting, soul harmony, which comes from Christ's rule as an umpire continually (laughs) in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God when you're feeling good. No, always. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your hearts. 
I think I'd like to read that again. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and in your minds and dwell in you in all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another. He's telling us to train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things. And as you sing psalms and hymns and special songs, spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your hearts. It's another way that God speaks to us. Uh, we talked about that earlier. And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, and for those that are, uh, know this weekend is Labor Day, right? So, there's, so whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon him, his person, giving praise to God and the Father through him. Wives, be subject to your husbands, subordinate and adapt yourselves to them. You hear that, Cheryl? As is right and fitting and your proper duty in the Lord. Well, here's the next one's for you. Husbands, love your wives. Be affectionate and sympathetic with them. And do not be harsh or bitter or resentful toward them. And here's one for Marianne. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, that's us, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them or harass them, lest they become discouraged and sullen and morose and feel inferior and frustrated. Don't break their spirit, in other words. And then it talks about the working people. Servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not only when their eyes are on you as pleasers of men, but in simplicity of purpose with all your heart because of your reverence for the Lord and as a sincere expression of your devotion to him. You know, I learned this in my very early Christian walk that as we exemplify Christ in our lives, in church, and in society, we also do that in our place of employment too. God sees that and he works through that and people see that. It says, servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not only when, I, I said that, verse 23, whatever you may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul. It's something done for the Lord and not for man. And that might be hard to visualize sometimes, but it's the truth. That you will receive the inheritance, which is your real reward. It's not the paycheck that you get at the end of the month. It's the paycheck you get when you go to be with him. For he who deals wrongfully will reap the fruit of his folly and be punished for his wrongdoing. And with God, there is no partiality, no matter what a person's position may be, whether he is a slave or the master. So God's addressing attitude. He's addressing heart. And he wants to see the right heart and the right attitude we exemplify as Christians so that he can work through us for others as well. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come up for the, the emblems here. We're going to participate in communion. It's the first Sunday of the month. And uh, Frank, whoever you got there. And uh, I want to say communion is a special time. It's not the first of the month at Maple Street Worship Center. You can go ahead and just pass out the emblems, Frank, when you're ready as I'm talking here. Hallelujah. Communion is a special time. It's not just the first Sunday of, of the month at Maple Street Worship Center. Uh, that's what historically we do, but that's not the only time. You can go ahead and just give out the emblems. You can have communion anytime you want. Did you know that? You can have communion in your home. You can have communion 
when you're on vacation. I remember when Cheryl and I were down in Mexico with another couple, and it was a Sunday, and uh, we were at one of these resorts, and they didn't have a church there on the resort, but uh, we got together with this other couple, and we spoke about the Lord and shared some things and prayed, and we had communion right there in the hotel room. So you can do that when you're visiting your family, when you're at home as a family. We do it here in church. And why do we do that? Why is it we do that? We do it because the Scripture says that we should do this in remembrance of Him. He who gave His life on Calvary for us. It's like, you know, if you've got iPads or iPhones and you go to Facebook and it shows you pictures of where you were two years ago or whatever, or it shows you friends, and, or you look up friends and say, you know, I wonder whatever happened to Allison. I, I haven't heard from her or seen her from years. And you punch up Allison, sure enough, there's her picture. She's on Facebook. And it brings back memories of the interaction that you had with her and her husband and their family. And those are nice, pleasant memories. And so God's telling us in his word that we should remember him through this act of communion, of taking these emblems and recognizing what was purchased for us on Calvary for the redemption, for our salvation, for a life abundant, for a hope, for an anchor. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Did we get everybody up there? just waiting for so we do this in remembrance of him you know Jesus said of her purpose when he was at the table and said broke the bread and drank the wine and he passed it on to his apostles and he said you know this do this in remembrance of me for people to to know hundreds or thousands of years down the road of what happened as a reminder of the wonderful gift that he gave us. You see, when Job was in his uh, situation, he loved or wanted so desperately to have a, uh, an advocate for him, somebody who could, you know, speak on his behalf. If you remember and you read the Scripture, it says that Satan came before God. I looked at that and I thought, how could Satan stand before God? That's the holy place. That's the very throne of God. God can't stand that kind of stuff. How could he do that? You see, he could because Adam fell. Christ was the second Adam. And when Christ died on the cross, the second and final Adam, his blood sprinkled all the way up into heaven, all the way along the ways that Satan walked. Satan can no longer go appear in heaven. He can no longer go before God. Did you know that? Read that in the Scriptures. He can't stand before God anymore because it's holy and it's cleansed. And it's a finished work. And it was done at Calvary for all of us. So if we all have our emblems there, I'm going to read here out of, uh, I'll use Corinthians. There's several places. So if you're going to have communion at home, just Google it. And you'll see several different places where you can go and read the Scriptures. In verse 23, it says, For I received him from the Lord, or excuse me, for I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you. It was given to me personally that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress, he took bread. 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. So we'll take the emblem here. And Father, we take this bread to remember you affectionately and for what you've done for us and what you have accomplished. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we do this in remembrance of you affectionately. We'll partake. verse 25 he says similarly when supper was ended he took the cup also saying this cup is the new covenant it's ratified and established in other words in my blood do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately to remembrance speaking of the Lord and so we take this semblance and we thank you for your blood Lord we thank you that it has purified us it has cleansed us it has broken the curses we're under grace we're under your love and that your blood, Father, flows freely. Your blood flows freely to us, Lord, as we call out to you and declare it in your name. And it is holy. And the enemy and evil cannot stand the blood of Jesus. And so we do this affectionately in remembrance of you, Lord. We partake of this, the blood of Jesus, and remember the sacrifice that you gave. Amen. And let's partake. So we're going to close. It's 5 to 12. I want to close in prayer. And I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that um, we're able to walk with you in holiness because you declared us holy. The righteousness of Christ is upon us. The sacrifice that Jesus gave willingly of himself. We thank you, Lord, that... Uh, You've made this provision for us as a people, to those who are called out to you. Father, I pray that as we leave this building today, Lord, that wherever we go, whatever we do, Lord, we know that you're there with us always. But, Father, I, I pray that by your Spirit, you would encourage us, Lord. So, Lord, you would, you would cause us to, to have a hunger to seek you and to know you and to understand you throughout the week. And that, Lord, as you give us opportunities and show us uh, where to share your love, we will do so with the wisdom of Solomon, Lord, and the grace of God, that those who do not know you will have a hunger and a thirst and a yearning to want to know what it is about this peculiar person who manifests the love and the peace of God rests upon them. Because, Lord, save for you, we were those same people. We were walking down a road of destruction in the dark. We didn't know you, but Lord, somehow, somewhere, you touched us and reached us. And as we opened ourselves to you, Lord, you were faithful. You poured into us. You showed us. You strengthened us. You healed us. You delivered us. You loved us. You provided for us, and you continue to do so. It's a non-stop work. Thank you, Father that as we love you and worship you and pray and read your word and think on you, Lord, you will show us greater depths of your love and reveal your character to us. And I know, Lord, as we experience that, 
You'll take us into a place that is so wonderful and continues to be uh, a place of refreshing and renewal. And you know, just before I end that prayer, I want to say something the Lord just popped into my mind. There's a, there's a book of, uh, called Hind's Feet in High Places. Anybody read that book? You should read it. Anyways, you know, remember, what was the character's name? Uh, miserable Me or something? Or Mercy Me? or Pardon me? Much Afraid. That's right. Correct. And they were going up the mountainside, and Much Afraid asks the Lord, the shepherd, Hey, you know, you, can you carry me up there? And he says, I surely can carry you up there. He says, but what would you learn? You wouldn't learn anything. You need to develop Heinz feet. And you need to go through the troubled times. And you need to go through those things so that you can become strong and that you can reach that peak. And you know, sometimes the devil comes and brings those distractions during the week. But just remember that and say, Lord, uh, you don't have to carry me, Lord. I'm empowered by you. You've given me that. And I declare that power, that freedom and that authority that you've given me and push through it, overcome it, and become who God wants you to be through each circumstance, through each day, through each issue. God's building. He's doing a great work. You may not see it in yourselves. Others will see it. Others have noticed it. And just rest assured that God is doing it. You can trust him. He's ever faithful. Amen? Amen. So we're going to dismiss, but before we do that, just quickly I'm going to say, you know, the fall's coming in. I know uh, pastor's back next week, and on the 16th we're going to have a big hoopla here and all that. But I think uh, you're going to see through the rest of the fall and the winter we're going to have more times to, to sit down and break bread and eat. I think that's a good thing. Instead of we all rush off for the uh, McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever it is. Remind me, i got a coupon book in my car. But... Um, before we do that, it's nice to sit down here with your brethren and break bread and have something to eat, right? Amen? Is it people like that? Do you like that? I like that. I enjoy it. Because what happens there is just a part of what's happening here in our lives. And we're sharing with people what God's done or how the Lord has taken us. Or we need, we need prayer and support. And so that's a good thing. And Jesus did that quite often with his disciples when they sat down and broke bread. They were able to share, and he was able to do wonderful things in their lives. Amen? It's great to see you. The Lord bless you. If you need prayer or would like prayer, uh, after we dismiss, come up front, and we'll certainly pray for you. It would be our privilege. Amen? The pastor should have an on-fire message next week. He's been off two Sundays, so if you're listening to this tape, Stephen, the spotlight is on you. I'm sure it's been on him a few times before. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen.